Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. A few quick announcements before we get to this week's episode. One, Autographs is officially on Spotify. Now if you're listening, that means you're probably already subscribed. However, if you're not for some reason, or if you're just tuning in for this episode and want to hear more, and you prefer Spotify as a mode of listening to podcasts, we are now there so you can find us Crash Chords Autographs on Spotify. Um, Secondly, a shout out of course to my continued supporters, Rob and MJ, thank you for continuing to support me every month on Patreon. If you'd like to become one of my Patreon supporters, you can go ahead to patreon.com slash stormageddon and go ahead and sign up. You can join for as little as a dollar or as much as several hundred dollars. And uh, there are various tiers and rewards per setup from free t-shirts to free DJ sessions to um, exclusive audio content and more. Um, so if you want to become one of my supporters and join me on Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash stormageddon. My guest this week, of course, is the incredible and talented Omar Holloman. Um, I am a huge fan of his. I met him for the first time at FlameCon 2018, and there's a brief interview with him on that episode. Um, but this is a full interview talking about his poetry um, talking about his uh, website, Black Nerd Problems, which he runs with his partner, Will, and many, many more things. So thanks for taking the time and enjoy the episode. So, uh, Omar, thank you for agreeing to be on the show. I'm really no excited to have you on. It was a pleasure to chat with you and see you do your thing at FlameCon 2018. Um, one of the first things I want to talk to you about, actually, is um, how... So, we talked about this very briefly at the con, but that Ra- uh, Rachel mentioned it was your big return to poetry. Oh, no. <laughs> um, that you hadn't done any readings or, or, or spoken in a while. Yeah. Um, did you... Step away from poetry for a period of time. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I did like two. I did like two step aways. Uh, I started back in. Uh, there's like different divisions of poetry. If you want to say, there's like the uh, high school division. They go to Brave New Voices. Right. When you get into college, you go to Cupsy. When you become uh, an adult or you just become really old, you go to na- <laughs> the Nationals. Right. Um, I started competing for Nationals about 2000, late 2007, 2008. Uh, before then, I was still doing poetry earlier, but I just I didn't know about it. So it was like more like uh, go to a show here in college, perform here. Uh, there's a money slam here. We'll, we'll travel over there. It was it was a lot of sleeping at Port Authority and a bunch of like you know what I mean. <laughs> it was like you were like old school way of the samurai type poetry things. Uh, but I when I started competing, um, I was on the loser slam team from New Jersey who, that was run by Chad and Nicole. Uh, then I went to the New Rican uh, slam team that was uh, headed by Mahogany Brown and also uh, Jack Poetic. And then I was on the uh, Urbana Slam team. This was 2000, 2008, 2009, and then uh, 2010, I was on the Urbana Slam team. Uh, and I was on there for 2011 as well. And my goal in 2010 was I wanted to have us back on the, um, on the final stage because it, it had been years since Urbana had an, even an appearance on final stage, which is the final four teams at the National Poetry Slam. So right. it's like a big tournament, uh, like an arcade tournament, and then it comes down to like the final, final four, final five, four, four sometimes five maybe, uh, teams. And um, my, so I was doing that, and then my mom had passed away in 2011, and I was on a team in 2011. So after that, I went away for about uh, two years. Then I came back and competed in 2014. Uh, I was hosting stuff before then, but yeah, right. I, I, I switched into hosting and things. Uh, but I wasn't like really, I wasn't slamming. Um, I came back in 2014, uh, made it to the made it to the finals uh, for to represent the team. Uh, didn't make the team. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody uh, actually, someone dropped out, and then I made the team. Excellent. Uh, so Isn't like, that oh. the best way? Yeah, I was like, right, oh, someone's okay. gone. All right, yeah, yeah, I'll do like, it. all right, all right, cool. Um, uh, that was like a, that was like an ego check for myself too, because then you feel kind of like, oh, I didn't I didn't earn it though. But it's like no, like, and I'm old enough now too. It's kind of like it's not really, it's not a you you kind of did a lot already. Like it's more a role you 
being a good team member. You right. Know? So I was like, oh, I had to like you know check myself like oh you know, I'm, I'm a fucking old guy, man. Let me just you know <laughs> let me help, let me let me let me just help the best I can. You know, you're lucky to even be there, so be grateful for you know how you make it. So, sure. And you know that it was it was a fun team. Um, and we made it to the finals in 2014. That's all I wanted. That's, That's awesome. All. And we got uh, we got second. We got second that year. And that was, that was a really that was a fun year. It was a lot of work. Uh, it was like nine hour practices, man. And my friend Will Evans, who I'll talk about later, who helped me. Um, we co-founded Black Nerd Problems together. He's like, you're doing like nine hours of problem. My like, God, man, what is wrong? Oh my God. But uh, yeah, we my last uh, that was it in 2014. Because then it it becomes a question of, all right, you did your goal. Now what? Yeah, what do you do next? Yeah, so am I going to go to a different team and come back? Or, well, I could do that, but it's the same thing. And it just, things weren't really the same for me um, after mom had passed. And my sister even mentioned that. And so that was kind of like my last, like, all right, well, that's the, no, that's the, well, done with that. No. Right. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm just going to ride off into the sunset and without not, not even telling anybody. I'm just going to, I'm just going to. Mm. Yeah, so, just disappear. Yeah, for, for, it was gone for about like four years. And then you did so. And so was FlameCon twenty eighteen the first time you had done it live in a while? Uh, no, no, I, I've, I've uh, here and there. I just, okay. I'm, I'm just not really good at self promotion or anything like that. I'm just, <laughs> like, I, 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 so I've been like performing. It was right. Like, uh, college asked me or like a friend, like, hey, you want to perform here? Like, yeah, sure. Um, or hosting New York, I host New York right. sometimes for Jive or Mahogany when they're out of town. Uh, so I've, I've done things before him, but uh, Flame, that's my first time performing at a con period, I believe. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's my first time performing at one uh, period. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that was a first. that was a great night or uh, afternoon rather. Mm -hmm. Time kind of blurred together, but like all of the performances were great. What made you stand out to me is especially in the times we're living in now. Like your sec, I liked both of your pieces, but your your piece. Uh, your second piece about uh, what was Lord of the Rings or the oh, Hobbit, yeah, yeah. and um, an Indian woman who couldn't be a Hobbit yes. because, and then it like it spirals out into this other thing, and there's anger, and then you're like, this isn't an analogy for the, this isn't this isn't an analogy for the race war. Oh wait, it is. Yes, and it like, is. All that stuff. <laughs> like when you're writing, when you're wait, writing a, hold on, I'm still laughing at my own genius. Hold on. <laughs> my question with a piece like that yeah. is. When you're writing it, do you have those beats written in, or do you find it once you're performing it? Uh, like, I imagine those lines are kind of inherent in it, like mm -hmm. the idea to kind of the, the psych and then to be yes. sincere. But I guess, was it always that kind of played for comedy, but also sincerity in that moment? My uh, favorite thing to do with comedy is to weave in and out, and... Um I like to think I'm good at it, but I can you know, like you can always be better. And there's always a Nicole Homer's the best at it. My friend yeah. of mine, she's she has a really good poem about going in and out, and it weaves uh, death. Uh, it goes in and out about a, a, a family member of hers passing away, and she's like describing herself as a magician the entire time. Like, yeah, you're thinking about me just mentioning death to get all serious, but let me tell you about the sexual thing real fast. While I was doing <laughs> glazed donuts, and it's like, whoa, 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 how'd you flip it? So I took a lot of inspiration from um, her, and I grew up with comedy. So um, when writing that piece in particular, uh, I thought about writing it. And I, I was lazy, and I was uh, at a uh, feature one time in Brooklyn, and then I described, I was like, oh, I was gonna write this poem about the, you know, um, about Lord of the Rings and black people being there. And people, and people got really excited, and I was right. like, oh. And I was like, well, I didn't write it, so uh, <laughs> I guess I'll write it now. <laughs> yeah. But in writing it, it was just like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not even that big into like Middle Earth and Lord of the Rings and stuff, but I've seen the movies all nine hours that it took to watch them. <laughs> but so like, all right, well, let me just try to describe like a, a journey through like Middle Earth. What would it be like, you know, with black people in it? And like, right. make it like, I can make all these pop culture references and whatnot. And that, uh, it's funny, but then I kind of want to like, all right, let me weave in uh, this topic because that was a, a quote from Wyatt Cenac, which made me right. think of this. Of course. And it's like, damn, we really can't, we can't have nothing. We can't be included in anything. Like, damn, man. Yeah. So it made me think like, okay, I'm talking about race in this way. And I and it, it just it was just that awkward part where it's like oh man like because oh, uh you know I say white magic and the privilege oh, yes. to the right of being white or to the right of being right and uh, it's like oh man it's getting kind of oh it's getting kind of racy <laughs> in here and it's just funny to like give like give that audience that brevity after a while because like oh you're 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 building up you're building up hey guys it's all right we're not okay. you know what I mean it's okay we're not really talking about the race wars here guys it's just World of Warcraft my you know Middle Earth stuff. And then, like, to then do what everybody's like, oh, do exactly what you were thinking. And then, yeah. you know, the readers or listeners, of the readers or listeners of this should know this is totally a metaphor for the race wars. And yeah. so it just becomes you can finally laugh about it, like, oh, but like it's a funny, it's a funny way of being serious. Peter Ustinov, it's you know, ha, that, ah, that got that quote back. I was trying, to, <laughs> I was looking it up so many times. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, I so I hadn't done a lot of on the floor interviews, so it was kind mm -hmm. of fun to try and help you navigate and yeah. try to figure out what the hell you're trying to say. <laughs> um, so 
it sounds like you've been doing poetry for a while. When you yeah. were younger, like young, young, was poetry a thing, like even in your thought, or was it not something you discovered till like school? Um, I knew I, I'm good at like I like comedy. I grew up watching comedy, different comedy specials. Um, I always grew up with that, so like I like to be funny. Uh, the rule in the house was if it was funny, you can get away with it as well. So like you know ah. that, that helped a lot. Um, mom's funny, sister and brother are funny, uh, dad, dad's pretty funny. Do you funny. have some certain favorite comedians that oh, you have made? I like to, uh, I've seen him do one special, not a special, but like a stand-up segment. Kyle Grooms, I really liked. Yeah. But, um, I liked, uh, Hassan Minaj. Ali Wong. Oh, Ali, Ali Wong, Wong is, is great. the greatest. Ali Wong is the hardest comedian in the game. Two times. Only, oh, maybe she has more specials, but two, <laughs> two Netflix specials and you already friggin' top She's five dead really or alive. Correct. My God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like I was watching stuff. the Kings of Comedy like that. Like I felt like I was watching like old school uh, Comedy View and old school like Def Jam where they're like mad mm. raw with it. Like Ali Wong was like, yeah, I'm like she got so raw, so hood with it. And um, oh, I love her. So, yeah, Ali Wong's at the top for me. Ali, it's Ali Wong. Then I'll adjust everybody else. Has all of your poetry always had senses of humor to them? Yes. Not, it doesn't. Uh, it's funny because. Yes, but then there's some that uh, that don't, and it's like, oh wow, he's being so serious. No, like, right, oh, it makes yeah. it almost special. And I was like, well, no. it's like a comedic actor taking exactly. a serious role. Exactly, like, oh my exactly. god, he could be serious. Exa uh, <laughs> like Jim Carrey in Spotless Mind. Right, whatever. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, always weaved it in there, but I, it was always a part of me. And I and what was why I like it that way because uh, from my years of 2000, I was the old guy, right? From 2000, my my years of 2008 to 2014, if you want to. Uh, count that we we were all very different, uh, and and the New York scene is a very tough scene in slam. It was a very very tough scene. Um, it was it was like it was like old school uh, Street Fighter two. Like oh, I'm going over to Russia to Verzangief now. Like er there were different um, there were different venues. Like yeah, Bar Thirteen, who were like the the right tours. They're like the literature, you know. They're like they're very like uh, prestigious. You have the New York where you can come and just be like ah raw with it. And Urbana was like the quirky weird. Type, you know, hey, we don't know what we're doing, but hey, we're doing it. And I was also uh, in New Jersey with uh, the Loser Slam. Same thing, quirky, weird, like the X-Men, you know. It was like these different divisions. And, all right, Monday night, I'm going to go to Bar 13. Got beat there. All right, I'm going to go to New York, try to win on a Wednesday to get on a Friday. All right, did all right there. I'll go on a Tuesday to Urbana. All right, I'm doing all right here. Like, okay, and then you try, and you try to, like, because you and so know. you would, like, jump factions to see exactly. where you would fit. Exactly. You would try to, people would try to find, either you go for one team or you try to find out, like, if I can make all three, maybe, because you nothing is guaranteed. You might right. lose one final, all right, but I'm in this final as well. I mostly stuck between um, Urbana and Nuyo. Uh, that, that was mostly my thing. But like you noticed, I noticed like it's there's something to be said when everything is heavy in a slam. Right. So we're speaking like in a not in a competitive wise, right? Everything is heavy. Everything's so serious, whatever. And I'm like I. I you know I I love my comrades whatever like that but if I'm like if I'm just doing like what are we doing if I'm just doing the same thing and I'm competing against you why am right. I gonna compete against you with the same thing right right so then I'll switch it to being uh, something funny and then like you know people go there enough like oh here comes the funny guy right all right yeah. so make to like you know you want to switch the mood okay and what's funny because if the mood switches then people like their strategy changes so like right. sometimes now oh okay now the second the second round all right now we'll go and they'll so other people will do comedy i'm like oh you're gonna do that fine well watch me get serious now right exactly and, and so it's always on their toes exactly so it's always a, it was always a chess uh it's always chess moves or sometimes people everyone this view do funny or it'll be more funny in the first round like, oh that's what we're doing tonight all right fine I'll, you know so I'll, maybe i'll go serious now it, it was always a gamble that's what i really liked uh about it especially at, like my uh, my peers. That's another reason why I stopped. Because once your your friends are no longer doing it, it's right. kind of like you know what I mean. If they age out of it, or they just move on to oh, other things. Want, yeah, every uh, my friend uh, Big Mike. Um, I guess you call him like a mentor as well. I met him in two thousand five. Uh, he was telling me that no one slams forever. You use right. it as something to navigate towards something else. And now, when I was younger, I'm like, what are you talking about? I will be. I like, can do know, this forever. Yeah, I will do this forever. My sword will never get rusty, man. I put the sword down. <laughs> I was like, mm, 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 this is no, 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 no. I mean, that's other. Outside factors and things like that, people and time, but like, yeah, you see, like, well, I miss my friends, you know, I miss the people I did this with, and then you right. see like new kids coming in, it's like, well, let me, let me just, let me just step back, you know, let me, yeah. let me be more of a like a helping role, team role, uh, you know, like a guys role. Hey, could you help me with this? Sure, you know, if you if you have the time, you want to um, ask for help with your craft, I will be there to help you with that. 
But don't take me up on that. Anyone listening to that? Leave me. No, yeah. You had your chance. <laughs> when you're writing poetry, do you set aside time and just go, I'm going to write now and bang mm-hmm. some stuff out? Or do you kind of just only write when the mood hits you? Let me tell you how I'm struggling with poetry right now because I've been, <laughs> I've been doing nothing but essays for about four years now and loving it. I could put a gif in anywhere. I can't put a gif in poetry. What the hell am I supposed to do, Storm? What am I supposed to do, son? I yeah. can't put a gif in poetry. So it's, it's uh, getting back to it. It's been a little... It's been like trying to relearn how to uh, how to run, man. It's like oh, yeah. you're you a really good runner, but now it's like damn, I'm slower. A little, a little. If I can use the Cars Three analogy of lightning now being a little older, you know, you can't turn back the clock, kid, but you can wind it up again. You know, <laughs> Rusty told <laughs> well him done. that it's a great movie. I just want to plug that movie. It's a great movie. I haven't actually seen the third. It's one. an inc- I cried twice. I have no shame saying <laughs> that on rec- on recording. But it's like it was like that. Like okay, I have to relearn this now. It's, it's, and finally now, it's like okay, it's coming back to me a little bit. Um, and also, I guess I was looking through like. <laughs> Looking through it in like rose colored glasses, I used to be able to just sit and like bam, the poem one shot. Now, right, you know? it would just come to you. Yeah, and then you go back and just edit it a little bit. Like, ah, right, now I'm kind of like, ah, oh, it's oh, kind of rough here, man. <laughs> we got something down, but we got to kind of we got sculpt away at it. Got, right. I'm trying to find a David in this. I'm trying to find the Sistine Chapel in this. Got a lot of sculpting to do, but it, it's it's a harder process. But I, I'm finally like getting back into it. So I'm I'm finally like leveling out my skill tree now. So getting it back up. I like your weaved in nerd references. I'm very appreciative <laughs> of that. Um, so let's let's talk nerdiness. Um, mm-hmm. Black Nerd Problems is a website you started with your co-founder. Yeah. And um, so first, let's talk about how that came to be. Did it start like most internet websites as a dinky blog and then grow into something else, or was it always destined to be a website? We were always destined for pure greatness. You thought I was going to say something else, but greatness is always what ends with. Uh, my friend Will Evans, who I met in 2000, I'm going to tell this version of the story because he's not here to defend himself. He can't defend right, himself. He's, he's well, not, you can write in. Not, don't worry. He's not, he's not going to add in the part that I know he will, but that to embarrass me. Uh, I used my real name because I didn't have a stage name back then, so I used my real name to introduce myself to Will Evans back in uh, 2008 in Madison, Wisconsin, because that was for the uh, National Poetry Slam. Mm-hmm. He's from he's from Ohio. Um, he's a slam master there. Um he actually made final stage in 2011 for the Writing Wrongs team. Uh, he had a, he had a very tough bout against he was against uh, uh, Bar 13 in his bout too. So oh he, wow! Yeah, so that was that was a really really tough bout. Um, but yeah, we were we became friends uh, through through comic books. Uh, we just started talking more. Uh, in 2009, we were at the uh, another slam together, the uh, individual slam. Mm-hmm. So this one wasn't no teams. You just go and represent yourself. And he's like, you know what? You're really you're pretty good, man. I really enjoyed your piece about working at Macy's. I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like, are you telling me this now? Because you're like, oh, thank God you're not trash. We can be <laughs> friends now. You know, like is that what you're telling me? But then we uh, we, we talked every day um, online. I would go to I like once a year at least once a year I go to Ohio uh, just either to see him or ha- now to handle business. But um, getting to the point now, we. Uh, you don't know what slams forever, and so we would talk um, and joke around on Twitter about like, oh, black nerd problem is when she doesn't know about who Goku is, or when you're dating the boy and he doesn't know about the uh, the quarter half quarter circle motion for the Aduokin, uh, you know, like just little things like that as a right. joke. And then one day Will's like, hey, would it be crazy if we started a website where we could, you know, be the voice that we want to hear? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that, I'm like that wouldn't be that wouldn't be crazy. It'd be like, you know, it'd be a good idea. He's like, oh, okay. And then, like, the very next day, he comes back and he's like, all right, but what if we actually did it <laughs> and I made the website and put money into it? What what if we actually did that? And then I was like, well, well it was literally like uh, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. You know, and, like um, you assembled a team. Exactly. Ex- or the, the Avengers wheel, if you want. Right. And so we had people. So I was like, oh, well, we need people. So then, all right, we got people that I knew from um, from Tumblr. From Twitter and also um, other poetry people, Nicole Homer. I keep mentioning she's right. from. We've known her. I've known her since 2007. Uh, she's also a part of the site as an editor and writer. Um, Carrie, who we met through uh, Tumblr, and just I mean we don't. It's funny because like these I've known them for so long, but I've only met Carrie maybe three times since 2014. Right. There are a bunch of people we still haven't met either. Right. And uh, it's, so it's, it's it's really it really is like an online like. Um, I mean, just wheel. We've gotten through meeting people now, but like it was, originally it was nine. Now we're at about uh, I think I want to 28, 30 people. Wow, uh, that's yeah, yeah. awesome. And that's over a span of four years, and it was a lot uh, for us doing it too. And we got really kind of lucky too, because like, it, uh, like all right, well, Carrie, I know she has like I 
your uh, you're uh, you're like Carrie, like oh man, her views are so great and stuff, and to get like really like oh wow, she's also a great writer too, like right. you know what I mean? Like to be really like locked out with the people we uh, it was like it was just a good instinct, I suppose, as well. And then we uh, more people started coming in. Um, Jordan Calhoun, who's from uh, Detroit, he's actually uh, he was trying to join us, and we like oh yeah, he wrote about being the only black kid in Westeros. Uh, that was a piece of his. That's and so, good. Yeah, so we got him in. Um, and how how frequently do you guys release content? Is it daily? Oh, daily, daily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we because uh, before uh, I want to say when we first started. Yeah, it was it was like all right, well, we didn't even check the date. Yeah, it was like as it came in, as we yeah. first started. Then you we got published. more people. Then I was like, oh, okay, wait, oh, we can schedule this now. Let's, we can let's, stagger it yeah, and have yeah, some yeah. consistency. Exactly. Let's 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 schedule this now. Schedule it out. Program it. So okay, now it's coming out. Uh, but yeah, but like the range of things we get to write on, which is always um, my favorite thing. I was always going, oh, well, let me see what they wrote up on this. Let me see what they wrote up on that. And there's so many reviews now. You don't even get to like read them all. It's like, all right, yeah. wait, wait, let me select a day now where I can go back and reread everyone's uh, reread everyone's stuff. Uh, so it's been it's been fun and finally getting to like talk about what you wanted to talk about uh, like Will what Will was always his uh, example is uh, he was listen he was watching Matt not Mad Men yes Mad Men mm-hmm. and uh, there's a podcast he would listen to I'm not, I'm not sure if it was on Nerdist but it was these two guys that discussed Mad Men mm-hmm. um, and there's a scene with a black dude in a, a service elevator I think uh, I didn't I didn't watch Mad Men so if I'm butchering this sorry but there was a, a there you had like a, a scene with a black guy in a in their service elevator. Or something, and, he, and Don Draper interacted with them, and the guys on the podcast were like, "Oh man, wasn't that an interesting scene? Because we haven't seen that many black people here uh, in this show so far, in the set in this you know this time frame. And now we finally see one in this interesting uh, conversation or interaction Don Draper had with them. And he's like, and his co-host was like, "Yeah, yeah, that was really interesting. All right, so the next scene, you know, and Will <laughs> goes, "No, I want to know where's the rest of the conversation. Exactly. So yeah. you have to do it yourself in order to unpack, you know, in order to unpack that scene. So like that was another like main reason. Like, all right, well let's." Our niche is let's go and talk about the things that we that aren't getting talked about, you yeah, know, like that, or, or let's just do it through our lens. Um, a, a big thing for us was the, the recaps, like recapping yep. Game of Thrones. Well, let me tell my version of the story <laughs> right here because now we we will we'll, uh, he he picked up the fire with um with Game of Thrones. I started recapping uh, Flash and Arrow, mm-hmm. and then there's a show on Cinemax called Banshee, one of the best TV shows out in the game. Three seasons of greatness, four season was great too. Uh, and then I and then uh, I was doing recaps for them, and instead of just doing recaps like, well, this happened, and then this person came in, it was it's like, why would I just tell you what you already know right. happened, and w- with a picture every so often? So we started like incorporating jokes in it, as of in course, like this yeah. person, you know, as, like oh, Lucas Hood walked in, oh, like as if he said this, or like you know, as if you're the person flipping perspectives and a yeah. point of views, uh, a guy that walked, a sheriff, a deputy that hated his ass, like giving him more lines to say, like yeah. you know, or you looked at him like this, but you know, he really meant that, and it's like just. Little jokes and uh, references like that, like littered the our um, littered our uh, recaps. And Will's doing Game of Thrones recaps, and he did the same thing. He's like, oh, "This is boring. Why, why, why would I do?" This? And then he started incorporating jokes and shit. And his his took off, man. His like, yeah. everyone's like, everyone's like, "Oh man, the, the Game of Thrones recaps are really like it." I'm just sitting there like, "I hate you. I hate y'all. I, do I was out here, son. I was out here. Oh, y'all don't want Flash no more. Yeah. Y'all don't want y'all don't want Arrow. I was doing Flash, Arrow, and Banshee in the same week. Oh, y'all, y'all. All right, I see. Go ahead and get Game of Thrones. Go ahead. I have to be honest. I, as someone who is a diehard Flash and Arrow fan, jumped off last season. I oh, haven't yeah, watched man. any of last season. I loved the first season of Flash. Yeah, I feel like that is one of the best modern TV shows in a long time because they had the right... It was like kind of Buffy in the way that it had this monster of the week, mm-hmm. comedy. Like, I lived for the his team. Like, it wasn't just about Barry. It was his whole, whole team, team. And they were all great. And freaking um, Tom Cavanaugh is fucking... Incredible. The, the, the guy you love and then immediately hate. And it just comes in and they ruin everything you love. <laughs> it's like... First of all, like, my problem with Arrow and why I think I liked Flash more was because Arrow was just so broody. Yes. Like, so And, that, and that's not broody. even him. That's no. not even Oliver Queen. No, Oliver Queen's character, they made him Batman, essentially. Yes. The Walmart Batman that said on Twitter. Oh, oh, man. man. Mm. That's the best. Mm. Um, yeah, and then, like... And Barry's entire support team and, like, Jesse L. Martin, like, everyone, they are, like, when they did the musical episode, like, I could not wait to hear him sing, because we know he sings. We know he sings well. You know it's coming. It's like you knew that song was coming. 
Um, but so, are you still currently writing about it, or have you oh god, no, 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 Jesus, no, 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 I, I passed that on to Jaquan. Jaquan came in, he wanted the Game of Thrones. We were like, no, those are Wills, but you can take this Flash, you can take this Green Arrow if you want. Uh, him and uh, I think I, I mean when it comes back, him and he was Jaquan was doing it for a while, then um, he was doing Arrow as well, and him and Lauren Wheeler were uh, switching off on the uh, on the Flash reca- on the Flash recaps. Uh, I was back. I was doing it back in season one and two. I think I I must have left for season three, but I think I kept watching it. Yeah. I I thought it was an incredible show because of the way they mixed metahumans in and sci sci fi mm-hmm. into like so it actually made like it didn't look it didn't look too the seat it was everything worked and it, it looked good. It was believable. Yep. Like you know your suspension of disbelief was uh, was held for that, and I think that was like the first. No, not the first, but like as a, for a comic book show, like that's a real. It kind of it's very rare, and it didn't come off like cheesy or too corny or anything nope. like that. Or again, they also kind of they weren't afraid to make fun of themselves too, and that's yeah. and that's why it worked for like season one, season two. I thought season one of Flash was killing uh, Arrow. So Arrow Easily. season two was Arrow season Arrow season two was great. First season, I, I, it was it was it was it was good for what it was. Like yeah, yeah, you, Slade you made that it. show good. Yeah, yeah, Slade man. made that yeah, show good. Man. And then season three, I was like, what what are what are we doing here? And Arrow was uh, Flash. Flash was killing Arrow yeah. for like one, two, three, and then a little yeah. bit. And then and then we hit that trail downhill. Yeah, once bit. once we hit the the gods of the speed force. Yeah, I'm like, that's all... too soon too. Yeah. That's way too soon. I'm like, and like doing Flashpoint not once but twice, twice. and then like. The reset and then resetting the reset. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No. It was it was so complicated. But uh, going back to Black Nerd problems. Mm-hmm. So what I love about the site also is not only are you guys doing recaps and certain your jokes, but you're also tackling black stuff in black culture that's nerdy. That oh, yeah. I would have never like. There was an article that you released. I think you had written or so, or you had shared it at least. Of um, it was about Urkel. And Laura and oh, and uh, uh, Myra Monkhouse and Myra Monkhouse. Yeah, uh, my, uh, the ner- uh, was it uh, Nerd Boy Blues? Myra Monkhouse deserved better. And like this discussion about how she was the like yes. she was the real prize, and yes. that Laura wasn't worth it. And like I just love that article because watching that show, like I remember sitting there as a young nerd thinking, "What is he doing? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like she's great. It was it was." <laughs> <laughs> it was just mostly like I'm, I, I, she just deserved way more credit for what she went through, and I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of wishing she and you just you just saw her character become more like outlandish, jealous, and possessive, and things like that. And like it was written in season, I think it was supposed to be a, the, the tenth season or whatever. What was going to happen was she goes to jail. I think we actually saw that she goes to yeah. jail, but then she's going to come out and get with Steve's uh, reformed cousin who he used to be the uh, Cornelius. I think it was. Yeah. He used to be like uh, this like gangster or whatever and then he reforms and they get together but I'm just like dude come on like you didn't have to treat her character and this I mean also for when the show started going off the rails and like you know right. like, Urkel's drinking in so much money but I'm just like yo her character it also her character for me was like the was a prime example why you can't keep because there's such a it's a it's a I don't even know how to. I guess a trope you want to say where some yeah. black nerd, some black male nerds will say, "Oh, oh, black women don't like nerds." Like that's not true. Like, oh, there was any around where I was growing up. Like, okay, that might have been true for where for your specific vicinity. Yeah, wherever you were, okay, but they existed. Yeah, okay, like they 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 are around. They yeah. are here. Um, Brittany Williams, who um, she joined us. She's a theater major. She she oh that that will set her off. And I I have a um, going back to poetry for a second. I had a poem like not thinking about it, but like oh. Uh, there's a line in it where I said, um, uh, anytime you see proof that black girls exist, uh, black nerd girls exist, it makes you dance, dance, for illusion, drawing your heart. I remember talking to Brittany one, I thought nothing of that line, but I remember pro- talking to Brittany one day, not even about the poem or anything, but she's like, yo, we, we've been here, we exist, we've been here, you know? Yeah. And it made me, I was like, oh, wait, and I was like, it made me rethink that line. I was like, oh man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I'm wrong. I shouldn't be yeah. saying that. I thought it was just like, oh, like, you know, you was like, all right, so I changed that to the, uh, I just changed it to like, there's nothing more beautiful than a black nerd girl, you know? Anytime you see proof that they exist, it's like, oh, dance, dance, really strong heart. Like, so, like, it's, and that's also why it's good to have a bunch of women on your staff. So they can, yes. you know, you know what I mean? Tell you where, even if you have the best intentions, they can tell you where you're fucking up at. And that's also why I wanted to um, talk about Myra Monkhouse. Like, yo, she's such a great character. And she, I just, watching that show, it's like she just got the short end. Oh, the stick, man. She, and she's just such a great character, and just uh, I just I just can't stand when a good character falls into tropes and like between the cracks and everything like that. And she like she was the smartest Steve. She was brilliant herself, and she liked him for him, and she didn't want him transforming into uh, or Stefan or Stephane, whatever. Stefan, yeah, Stefan or uh, She, I mean, she was such a mm, she, and her her comedy. I loved her interactions with Laura. The, the time the they moved in together, yeah. uh, like I, she didn't. Uh, she was. Michelle Thomas, man, she was really good at physical comedy too. Like that, ah, oh, there's, oh, there's so much. That, I can't even, I can't even words. 
the, the problem with also I feel like that show is like the first couple of seasons for sure were about that family. Yes. And then like halfway through its run it became about Urkel, Urkel. and the family. I, and that's when I felt like it really just wasn't as good because yes. because Steve Urkel became this larger than life character. He wasn't just a side character. Yep. He became the focus. Yep. And so then Myra Monkhouse goes from being a gag to the focus's other interest. Mm-hmm. And like and so then you have to warp if you're warping Steve to this extreme, making him turn into Bruce Lee. Exactly. Like you have to do it to the characters that are interacting with him. And I, I think that's where that show suffered a lot. I would I you know, and I I never credit like I said it in the article. I never credit Steve Urkel with the whole like, oh, he's the the king of the black nerds. Like, no, no, I won't give you that. It may be for some, which is fine. I will not give you that. I will give it to Dwayne Wayne from a different oh, world. Dwayne, Wayne, I will yeah. give it to Dwayne every time. Also, a little bit for Bruce Leroy because he was a real big martial arts nerd. <laughs> Bruce Leroy, <yeah. laughs> I mean, I'll give it to those. Those are the OGs for me. Those are my OGs, not Urkel. Yeah. You did a great job, though. Uh, you know, uh, Julia White. Though. There was a great with. bit. I think it was was it this year's Emmys where they gave her out yes. uh, reparation yeah, Emmys, yes, reparation and he Emmys. got one. Mm-hmm. And like, and like that, he gushed about him being Dwayne Wade, and like, it's just yeah, no, I I agree. And I thought I thought that section of the Emmys was really interesting and funny to me as someone who grew up mm-hmm. in the eighties and nineties, like. He's giving it to all these stars that I'm like, oh, I know these guys. Yeah. These guys should have been winning yeah, awards yeah, for years. Won it. Like, um, oh, the older actor whose name I can never remember, but he played the Wayne's brothers' father in the Wayne oh, show. Oh, uh, Witherspoon. Uh, yeah. John Witherspoon. John Witherspoon. Yeah. And like, like, like I love him as an actor, and like the fact that he still plays true to himself in yep. these characters. Like when he gets the award, he's like, "What's this for?" Yeah, like, <laughs> freaking out. It, just, it was so well done, and took me back to the like the time when these people should have been winning yes. these awards, yes. of course. Which is what makes the bit funny and brutal at the same yes. time. Um, so, Black Nerd Problems has been around for a long time. Um, do you guys see anything that you want to do with the site that you're not doing now? Maybe uh, next steps or things that you're excited in other medium maybe to try? Uh, I think we're going to be getting more into Because uh, we, we were podcasting like on and off. So, there's going to be like more mm-hmm. podcasting, um, more videos as well. Um, we're getting more consistent with that. And also more uh, articles. Because we, it's funny because we, we started out, it was like we had like the, the, the kind of like the wacky edit, not wacky editorials. It says wacky anymore. It says wacky versus animaniacs went off the air. Wacko, whatever. Um, like the more like out there uh, editorials now, and we've kind of like just I somehow like moved to like we're covering more things. Like right. this this trailer we're doing like, reviewing this trailer, stuff right? and yeah, like it, it, covering it, nerd, exactly, nerd news. Exactly. It was like it was like whoa. It was like it's kind of like not even like in a prof- like we're, we're we can. You can be a professional way of buy the book way or you know however we do, but it's like oh wow we when we when do, how do we start this, doing this, like, yeah this shifted we, all of a sudden yeah 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 so like yeah. how do we so we're I think um getting back into those like those out there uh, editorials more of those but mostly like more like podcast type things um more uh, more video content coming as well um maybe some more events we're doing more events we've held a uh, in Ohio we had a uh, screening for Black Panther which was really fun awesome yeah that's um, excellent Will Evans and Isaiah Nicole uh, put that together and I'm forgetting the team that we teamed with and I will probably get yelled at for yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not kidding. Right. I'll get yelled at man I get a, come, come, come on man come, come on, on man come on. <laughs> come on come on man uh, Will describes our relationship like uh Captain America season two when Bucky's like I'm not gonna kill anybody. Then like two seconds later, later he, he kicks that dude over the freaking staircase and Steve has to run and grab him and then he just looks at him like Come on, man! Like what, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Well, it's like, like every every so often I gotta come over and just catch a dude going over the edge. Like uh, uh, come, come on, man! Come why, why, why do you do that? But yeah, that's um I think that'd be like the uh, the good um the span of things. Yeah, the more like media wise, throwing, throwing events as well. Uh, we'll be having an after party at uh I don't know when it's come out, but uh. At uh, Comic Con, we'll be doing that after. This will be there. coming out just after Comic Con. Yeah! But, but hopefully, it was great. Yeah, like, it was I'll, amazing. This is me talking to you from the past. Hopefully, you were there. <laughs> I was there with pants. Did you see me? Uh, it's gonna as be as opposed at, to being there without pants. Yes, uh, which I, I if, if if that was an option, I'd, I'd do that. Uh, that pants are for suckers. Exactly. It was the. Uh, it'll be at the Versa at uh, on um between Seventh Avenue, Eighth Avenue, and the Renaissance Hotel. Cool. Yeah, two awesome. eighteen West Street. Uh, West Street. Yeah. Thirty fifth. Thirty fifth. Two eighteen West Thirty fifth Street. Ha <laughs> Yeah. I get things right sometimes. So clearly, there's no shortage of nerd references in your life. Is there yes. a nerd property that you're really into right now that you think people might not know about? <laughs> not. Mm, or uh, or that you're just really excited to talk about. Like for me, 
I don't know why, but I've been really hooked on Riverdale. Okay, okay. This show is like if you took Twin Peaks and Dawson's Creek combine and combine them. It's just so... Like, every time you watch an episode and you think, God, this is fucking bizarre. There's mm -hmm. no way they'll let it go this way. It goes that, that way. way. <laughs> and it just keeps going and doesn't stop. Like, these characters are just so odd and the things the shit they get into like every time there's five minutes of happiness you go oh shit some shit's gonna yeah. go down yeah. and it does and then everything goes out of control that feels like you just described Atlanta to me as well Atlanta I've like seen the well. first couple episodes I want to watch the rest of the series I've never I, I want to see Twin Peaks because everyone keeps uh, comparing it to like like it, when your show's like like when you do a standard for a show it's like oh yeah it's, it's like Twin Peaks like everyone that's always everyone because like, that was to. like the most bizarre show for its time mm -hmm. and did these weird pseudo sci-fi kind of like you're never quite sure what's really going on exactly. okay and so like and so I've heard that a lot of other shows have gone that route and there's a lot of comparison but yeah I saw the season the the season the sneak peek season premiere of Atlanta and okay. loved it. That first episode I thought was phenomenal. Yes. I mean, I also like I still believe that anything Donald Glover touches turns to gold. gold. Right? Like mm -hmm. I've just I've always loved his music, his comedy. And what's funny though now is like seeing him interact with people. Um, he's so like my largest chunk of experience and time with him was in Community. Yes, where he's playing a character that for the most part is nothing like him. Yep. And then so now to see him in Atlanta, to see his new music videos, like you realize, oh, he's more this kind of a yep. person. And like, it was re it's really interesting to see that transition because it's very easy when watching TV to kind of assume the person like that character. Mm -hmm. And I love all the stuff that he's been doing, but I've really wanted to watch Atlanta because I've heard great things about it. That's a good show. Uh, if I'm thinking of nerd thing that people might not be that, I think nah, maybe not not aware of, but like maybe not the into man. I'm I've gotten back in. I'm in and out with wrestling. I, I like wrestling a lot. I like the storylines in wrestling a lot. So I come and go too. Um, I recently this year DJed a wrestling themed burlesque show <laughs> where um, the producer Bunny Buxum and Rabbit Hole Productions produced a burlesque show where there's eliminations and storylines okay. and two strippers strip to the same song and compete. Okay, okay. But this one was more scripted. Like, there was, like, people coming out and calling each other names yeah. and, like, <laughs> promos, going yes. on and doing promos. There was pre-recorded stuff. It was amazing and it made me want to start wrestling again. So are you watching current wrestling? I've been watching I've been I've been watching WWE a bit, but I'm really more into like the New Japan pro wrestling and I've like, heard they, great things they, about they, it. Yeah. The storylines, man, the Golden Lover storyline, the Bullet Club split storyline. Uh I've been following that. Um I've also liked these shows. I keep talking about Craig of the Creek on uh, Cartoon Network. I just saw the rap song that uh was it DMC did was was on no, no the, uh Della Funky Homo Sapiens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That rap song, like I watched that clip on Twitter and I was like, mm -hmm. "What is this? this show I need is to be watching." That you show know? is incredible. That the new Ducktales, uh, unbelievable. Insane. I heard that Don Cheadle plays Donald Duck yes. in an episode. Yes, which is amazing. Yes, it is incredible. Uh, uh, what else am I listening uh, <laughs> to? Um, I like Ron Wimbley's um, Prince of Cats, which is now going to be a movie with like mm -hmm. Keith Stanfield. It's going to be uh, Ty Vault. Um I mean, I know there's so much oversaturation of nerd material now. Yeah, like, it's hard to get like, oh, what's obscure? Because there's nothing. There's not really anything. There's not really anything. Well, I feel maybe I'm curious if you have this feeling, especially writing for a nerd website. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I can keep up anymore. Like I'm a gamer and I like watching shows and okay. all sorts of stuff. I'm I got like, you. I just like every time I feel like I'm just about to finish a show, eight other shows drop, or yes. every time I'm about to finish a game, four more games come out that I want to play. Mm -hmm. Do you have any method for trying to stay on top of the nerdy things you want to engage in? So I'm always saying like nerd is a spectrum, right? Academia right. Me a nerd, your pop culture nerd, whatever, what have you. Will, um, I'll, do, I'll do comparative. I'm more, Will and I, uh, our wheels are like this. He's very uh, TV, games, and comics, right? Right. I used to I used to love gaming, but it's like as you get older, I'm like I gotta just to keep up. I gotta give up something so I don't game as much. So my right. my so in my skill tree is more like comic books. Uh, I'm not a big TV guy, but like uh, comic books, a little bit of anime there, and then um just miscellaneous like right. whatever, yeah, you know, whatever will come like whatever whatever will will come right. And so you kind of like you kind of navigate your wheel how you do and like with comics I'm like alright I will choose a day where I'll like I'll go through everything but yeah there is, it, it, it is more now but it's also a choosing of alright well what do I give up so I can focus more on this I have no idea how Will 
This guy has a family, he put a book out, and he's still gaming, and he's still catching up on TV, because he loves TV so much, and he's still, and he's comp- I'm, I'm, I, I keep saying, like, yo, your ability is, like, time manipulation, because I don't know how you do that. Right? I have no idea yeah, how Yeah, if do that. only we could slow down time, and exactly. still exist in our own skin at normal time while he everything does. else moves I don't slow. know how he does it, but he <laughs> does it, and I'm like, I, that is a skill, sir. Um... But yeah, I it's it's a, I comic books is what I'm like I this is where I started with so this is what I, I will end with uh, with comic books. I always try to keep like oh, what's going on with that. Oh, Mister Miracle by um Mitch Gerads and Tom Gerads uh, Gerads Mitch Gerads Mitch and uh, Tom King. Uh, that is an that is an incredible series. It is an, yeah. it's it's gonna conclude uh, I think this month. It was a 12 issue run and here's. Here's another thing where I can spin the narrative. I get excited about things, and so everyone's like, oh, Omar's hyping it, so it might not be that great because Omar's so hyping. <laughs> I'm not hyping it. I'm very passionate about it. I will say I was passionate about Hawkeye. That shit was flames. I was passionate <laughs> about Kelly Thompson when she took over Hawkeye Kate Bishop. That shit was flames. I was very, very, very passionate about uh, Mr. Miracle because I know I saw Tom King's work on uh, what he's done with Batman. Mm-hmm. And I, Read a bit of his work on Vision, and just I love I love when a second tier or like a a second tier or third tier hero or villain that's like not even A list or B list or like a C list type hero like you, they're not a household name. I love when they get a story because there's always so much more freedom that can be done with. Yeah, them. they can do anything they want. Exactly. I, mean, I remember I did so, uh, recently. A friend of mine was talking to me about Animal Man, and I did some yes, research yes, on his yes. run, and his stuff got so dark. Yep. Because. They could do whatever they want. Exactly. Um, yeah, I love indie comics, I think, more than mainstream stuff. Like, I only just recently read the first trade of Sex Criminals. Oh, uh, t- uh, Matt Ch- Fraction. Chip and Matt Fraction. Yeah, Matt Fraction's the man, man. Unbelievable. Yes, and like, I mean, in that too. And, like, the f- fact that it was from a woman's perspective and, like, you know, it's this sex-driven storyline that then only the man comes in, like, halfway through okay, the first issue. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, it's such an interesting read. Um, I found that I can't keep up with mainstream comics anymore. Like, I have no idea what Superman's doing these days. Uh, but I, I could I never keep up with that stuff. I tried keeping up with Green Lantern for many years. I do. I, do. I still keep up with him. Do that, you that, really? That, that Green Lanterns are... I don't know why. That's my favorite Lantern. Tattoo. Uh, John Stewart, man. Of course. Don't. But, or, 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 I will go with Purdue, who was who's actually clinically uh, yeah. insane. Or, uh, I keep... I make his... I always mess up his name. Uh, Ricker Quariot. He's the Green Lantern of uh, Apocalypse. Yes. Uh, I loved All him right. as well. But, yeah, like... I'm old school Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. I'll, I'll I, give know, you that. I know. I'll give you Hal, but, like, my whole thing is... I I break it down like this. All right. I'll give you that Hal is the greatest Green Lantern. I'll right. give you that. I'll give you that Kyle is the most tenderhearted, the most kind Green Lantern. Right. I will give you that no one is tougher than Guy Gardner. I, I want it declared that Jon Stewart is... Well, maybe that might be up with Sinestro as well. I just want Jon Stewart as the best Green Lantern. His tactician... I mean, yeah. His tactician, his plan... The way he's been run by... Oh, who's been doing him now? Robert Vendetti. Vendetti has made him a monster as a leader. And it's like... That I can remember a first time really seeing John like really be the leader as yeah. uh, as the Green Lanterns. Hal's a good leader too, but the difference is like he'll he'll he's on the fly. He'll yeah. do things on the fly, and things will just work out. It's like, oh, do you trust me? Yeah, but just trust me, it's gonna work out. John, I got plans on plans on plans on plans yeah. on plans. I, I, that's what, and I love that now they become the uh, what is it the. Uh, before they were the brothers, and the four brothers in the light. Now they're the four horsemen of the chorus. Yeah. The four horsemen. Like that is four horsemen. like I love Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Phil Lamar playing John Stewart mm-hmm. and that. Like he would. That version of the Green Lantern is one of my favorites in TV history, just yes. because of how like he. And a lot of people are like, oh, John Stewart's too serious. He's not. Like, he can play a dry humor. Exactly. Especially to fucking Superman, who, like, everything goes over his yeah. damn head. <laughs> like, it's just, it was so, like, that core of Superman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Flash, and, and Batman in Justice League was so great. Mm-hmm. And some of my favorite cartoons, because it took what Batman and Superman did and just, like, blew it right. out. It was really great. And, like, it's funny, too, because I didn't remember reading a lot of the Jon Stewart comics because I read a lot of the Hal oh, Jordan like, in the beginning. Yeah, uh, Mosaic. Or whatever. I went back right. and read the or the, uh, Cosmic Odyssey. He was a mm-hmm. part of that. That was a, that was a dark... Uh, that was a real dark... And uh, the the writer, I forgot who. Oh God, I'm forgetting who wrote that. But he admitted, like, yeah, we kind of wrote him out of character for that. That's when, like, the whole he, the planet blew up on his watch because he was right. like mad, arrogant, which was <laughs> never like who he was. But I mean, it, later on, it gives him like more depth or whatever. 
But I, I love, I just, I just love, and then the part I love that him and Fal actually fought uh, yeah. one time uh, way back when they were both in the service. Uh, John was coming out; he was in as a pilot. Um, John was a sniper. Yeah, I love the military background going back to him. And that he keeps my man has like the best kill shots in the. Oh, I, oh my god! I remember I was showing my mom a picture. Remember the, the Sinestro Corps mm-hmm. War? Yeah, uh, totally. Bedovan was the uh, sniper for the Sinestro Corps. And uh, he's like three, he's three sectors away and he's shooting off Green Lanterns on Oa and Guy Gardner shouts out, sniper, get down, get down. Jon Stewart shoots straight up, makes his sniper rifle, looks around, where are you, where are you, where are you? Sees him, claps him three <laughs> sectors away. Three, se- that's three galaxies away. Come on, man. Hard as hell, man. <laughs> yeah, there was a split second where I really thought that um, Green Arrow's um, uh, Diggle yeah. Could be John Stewart. They were they were mentioning that for for uh, and like it was minutes. just because of the military background and mm-hmm. no one really knew a lot about him and before before they really went into his backstory I was like but there's no way they're gonna have a character no. flying with space powers no. I mean now not on Arrow no yeah not on Arrow and like they've dabbled in superhero stuff on that show but like it would have been like uh the, that actor who plays John Diggle I thought mm-hmm. it would be a fantastic John Stewart if they had done that but I'm kind of glad they didn't because I feel like it would have destroyed the dynamic of that show yeah. more than it already did. You know, he's it, it's going to happen eventually down the line. He's going to be on uh, The Flash because they kept they went to Coast City. He got pizza from Coast City that one yeah. episode. Then he ran past... No, they were, they were training on Carol uh, Ferris, Ferris Airways, right, yeah. uh, back when he was testing his powers or whatever. So it's definitely... Uh, he'll definitely... Jordan's definitely got to... I'm just waiting for him. I'm still surprised he hasn't appeared yet. Right, like they just haven't had a random pilot that they had exactly. to work with in the military or something. Yeah, th- that is one thing I'll say about those shows is that they spin off of each other pretty well. well mm-hmm. um, you know, and like even the the other shows, like I really liked the first couple seasons of Supergirl. I haven't watched it mm-hmm. since. Um, and I haven't watched Black Lightning yet, but I've heard great things about it. I'm just... Like I feel like there's just too many TV shows now. There's a, like, there's only I, wanted com- I wanted comic book shows, but now like I still haven't watched yes. Luke Cage season two. I haven't watched Punisher season one. I don't know when I'm going to find time to watch Daredevil season three. Like I, just, I will make the time for Daredevil. Oh, Daredevil! Daredevil! Arrow, you had Arrow, you did great. Yeah. You're doing great. You came out. You know, yeah. you you put it down for season one. Season two was spectacular. Matt Murder Murdoch came out and shut all your shit that first down. Season oh is, my! It's God. what we wanted Arrow and a Batman to kind be. of show. Yeah, with, absolutely. The fact that they had him in the Frank Miller, the Frank Miller outfit with yeah. the uh, just the all black with the blindfold yeah. over. Oh my God, the hardship and the choreography. It's why yes. I think Iron yes. Fist tanked so hard. Yeah, exactly. You can't make a show like. Daredevil, and then have more power to Iron Fist, and I hear the second season's more tolerable, mm-hmm. but like, you, if, you, if you're going to cast a white guy to play the lead, teach him how to fight, fight. because exactly. you can't do that with a kick-ass British actor, and then not do it with your other exactly. characters. And like, Charlie Cox is killing y'all, I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Charlie Cox is murdering you right now, Vin. What are you doing, Jones? Yeah, I, I loved the Marvel TV shows, I just, mm-hmm. I can't keep up with them. The only one I haven't kept up with is uh, season two of Jessica Jones, and that, even that was a struggle, because I like to, I, I'll get, I don't know why, I'll just choose a, choose a weekend, like, I will and just binging. burn through yeah, it. Binging is my that that binging is my superpower. I will get through. <laughs> oh really? I got through Game of Thrones, Mad Fast. If it's a whole season, I will. I can burn through it. Uh, Will Will's the one that showed me Game of Thrones. We were sitting um, in his living room. I'll never forget when I saw they killed Ned Stark. I I I, I lost a family member that day. <laughs> I, I I called it though because of who they cast. You cast exactly. Sean Bean in a exactly. role. You don't dying. expect him to die. He's dying. Come on now. He's dying. And I remember I I fell asleep. And I woke up. I was like, "Oh!" And I just put Game of Thrones right back. Where did I fall asleep? At? Yo, wait, no, I gotta go. That is my. I will. I can. I can burn through. I can burn. I can binge through TV, and I can binge through a book, man. Oh, a, a comic book. I mean, a graphic novel, or a comic book. I mean, yeah. I mean, let me get me specific there. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. Just, uh, it's Daredevil. Is, it's so. And they're gonna do the reborn. Daredevil is my. That's my. That is my guy. Like, yeah. I come from a Spider-Man family. There you but go. Daredevil, Daredevil is always been my guy. That's always been my dude. The the fighting, he was a better before the power up for Iron Fist. He's a better fighter than Iron Fist too. Yeah. They fought each other, and he was like, oh, Iron Fist, was like, oh man, that's wow, that's a really good technique. What do you call it? Ducking. And then he, like, <laughs> he was fighting him. And, like, him and, so I, I have like old issues of them fighting, but like Daredevil, Matt Murdock has just always been that guy. To me. I yeah. just love. He's just the hardest fucking dude. Uh, the issue where his is um. His identity was revealed for technically the second time, but they made it a real big deal. And one of my favorite—I mean, I had to do a, a presentation in high school. And I'll, Mr. Mr. Ryan, uh, I, Chris Ryan is his actual name. Mr. Ryan, I can't help but call him. He's my English teacher. 
uh, then he allowed me to present this as like a because everyone was doing like movie scenes. I was like, fuck all that. Let me tell you. I'm going to show you this comic book. Let me show you this comic book right here. I printed out pages for everybody in black and white, too. Amazing. It's uh, It was him. The, the reporters were all like gathered by his house, and he's on a lamppost behind them, a streetlight, watching them all. And he like takes off his mask, and he's like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of any of you. Let me show you. I'll show you what the symbol means to me, why I do this, why I do what I. Oh my God. What am I doing? What am I doing? And then, and then he just, he just goes, disappears Runs. to the night, but then, and then one reporter turns around, but then the streetlight's gone. But just him sitting there, like saying, "I'm not afraid of any. I'm the man without fear." With his mask off, and he's like, "Face me, face me. Turn around and face." Like he was, he was ready to give it all right then and, and there. And then realized what he was doing. Yeah, like, oh, 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 oh Jesus Christ! Like, I think we've all made those mistakes. Yeah, like this is this is exactly why people know my identity. <laughs> but also, um, randomly, did you read uh, Miles Morales' comic book at all? I've so I've read some of it, but I haven't read a lot of it. I read the, I think the first handful of issues when he first became Spider-Man. Yes. But I haven't read much beyond that. Have you noticed a theme that happens to him? No. And his mask? Oh, that he's always... Always. Uh, always Always off. off. It's either torn off, he's taken it off. I'm like, there are people around you. Are you... What like, are you, you doing? Oh, my God. He's... Uh. I mean, but he's also considered a less experienced Spider-Man. Have you seen the trailer for Enter the Spider-Verse? Of course I have. What kind of question uh, is that? Yes. I've the seen newest the, trailer where they hard. show off Spider-Ham. Fucking John Mulaney yep. as Spider-Ham. Yes. Like, and yes. then Nicolas Cage as noir Spider-Man. I oh, that's what they were saying. Uh, that's who he was. I didn't yeah, realize he was. I know Cage. his voice. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's an awesome cast. Like, I'm, I'm just really excited. Also, like, the supporting cast playing his family, like, the scene yes, where he yes, gets out yes, of the car. Yes. Say you love, love me. me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a copy. And that's, like, uh, uh, that's Al from Atlanta, too. Uh, Brian Hiltree, I think is his name. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that, that plays with uh, his father. I'm like, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's gonna be such so a great girl. movie. Um, well... Omar, I feel like we could talk about uh, nerdy things uh, all night, uh, but this has been a blast. Um, where can my listeners find you on the internet if they want to follow up on the stuff you're doing? All right, you can just, uh, uh, yeah, a boss move, yo. You can just type my name in Google, O-M-A-R, spacebar, H-O-L-M-O-N. My Twitter should appear. You can follow me on Twitter. if You, you don't have to. You can just check out. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I just retweet random things. You were things. so hard for yeah, such I know, a moment. I know, like, oh, I don't know. This is my problem. This right, this is, this is how I know you're a fellow nerd. Problem. It's like, like, yeah, I'm the best. Well, let me just, I know, I'm going to look a couple little things. Uh, blacknerdproblems.com. Yes, definitely or- go check out Black Nerd Problems. It's one of the best nerd sites on the internet. I fucking dig it. Um, Omar, thank you for being on the show. No problem, man. My last request yeah. um, is I have all my guests say my, fra- my favorite phrase, which is music is life and life is good. And the reason I say that is because I feel like art is best when you're, in- uh, life is best when you're engaging with art. And gotcha. music is the term I use because music is the thing I'm the biggest fan of, but mm-hmm. I came up with this phrase when I was hosting music podcasts, and damn well I'm going to fucking crowbar it into this do podcast. It, do it. But so, if you could do my sign-off, it would be my pleasure. I'm going to do it slow. I'm going to slow it down. Yeah, slow it down. Music is life. Music is life. And life is good. Yeah, we slow it down. Excellent. <laughs> If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. Keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good. Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We Burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit WeBurlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is life. Life is good.